0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Breaking the Capsule. Here we open the capsule on several health conditions and concerns that may help you gain knowledge to better your well-being. How's it going, An?
1: Yeah, uh, not too bad. Feeling a bit uh, sick today.
0: Oh, a bit, sure. bit of dry
1: cough? No, I just feel like a lot of mucus at the back of my throat. Oh, okay. I don't know if uh, it's actually early symptoms of the COVID-19
0: might be. Ooh, maybe you should stay home. Start yeah. I for 14 days.
1: Yeah, don't mind that. It's been so hectic at work though with all the flu vaccine starting. Oh, yeah. How's uh, the flu vaccine anyway?
0: Uh, yeah, pretty full on. Just constant. I think we've been fully booked out for like the whole week. Uh, but apparently, like... I'm not sure if you saw some of those articles on the pharmacy pages, mm-hmm. but they were like saying that there've been three to four times more people that have been doing <clears throat> it in the last couple of weeks than most of last year's season.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised about that. Because, yeah, because yeah, I mean, normally if there's no COVID-19, then we normally recommend everyone to get flu vaccine done around like end of April. Because yeah, so so that you can still retain the efficacy throughout the whole flu season, but because of mm-hmm. this year with the COVID nineteen, so maybe that's to prevent like double infection. You don't want to have influenza and mm-hmm. freaking COVID nineteen uh, at the same time. Both. So, uh, uh, you know, might as well get one done. That's I mean yeah. that's fair enough. Even doctors also agree. Why not? Yeah,
0: recommend it. And I think even the government's saying get it as soon as you can. Yeah.
1: Especially for like the over sixty five one. yeah Uh yeah, they definitely need it. And like you know I'm surprised like for, for the last few years the over sixty five only have three strain of virus inside it. Hmm. This year yeah. I actually have four, strain. four I, strain. I didn't I yeah. didn't know it until I I read the article the day before. I was like, oh damn. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's good. It's up to four now.
1: Yeah, uh by the way, uh happy birthday.
0: Oh, thank you, thank you.
1: So, uh, what what's the plan?
0: I've got a nice little mud cake. You know the ones from Kohl's? the chocolate oh, yeah? mud cakes.
1: Ten ten dollar yeah, mud cake.
0: So, yeah, oh, I think it was on the um, you know those uh, specials. Oh yeah. Probably expiring soon, but yeah, yeah I'm just gonna light a little candle and uh, yeah, <laughs> happy birthday. Y-
1: you know what will be a good uh, birthday present for tomorrow? Half yeah. price Häagen-Dazs ice cream at Kohl's. If you're going to hey, close, yeah. half yeah, price, put $5 it. for a top.
0: You can just put that on the cake.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I've been, uh, been doing quite a lot of random cooking at home because, you know, got some time. Oh, yeah.
0: But Brings out your creative side. No,
1: nah, bored. i just bored. don't yeah. know what to do. Um, yeah. Are you going to do anything for the Easter weekend?
0: No, just probably just clean around the house, which... Probably needs to be done for a while, but yeah, all those like little jobs that I've been pushing aside. Oh, uh, yeah, what about you?
1: Uh, well, definitely no baptism.
0: Oh, yeah, that was meant to be this week, or? yeah, yeah,
1: meant to be uh, this week.
0: Okay. Uh, but I
1: think so you have to attend church online.
0: Oh, okay, like uh, like Zoom or
1: like, like live stream, uh, not live stream, like just online. Okay. Amount, <laughs> yeah. Uh okay. Uh so we we are in the middle of COVID nineteen. Is like Australia is doing quite well at the moment, mm, but yes. the world is still struggling, especially America. They like three hundred thousand cases, which is crazy mm. amount. Mm. And then and Boris rising. Boris Johnson in like the ICU. Um, yeah, it's so. Crazy a lot of people asking like when, when is this going to end? And one of the answers is definitely the vaccine for the COVID-19 and a follow up question will be how long would it take? Like when, when will be the earliest time we'll get the vaccine for the COVID-19? The answer is at least personally, I will say 12 to 18 months earliest yeah. is 12 months because it's not that easy and that quick to come out with the vaccine and just throw it at the in the market then people can just jab it out of nowhere. Because there's yeah. a lot of step and uh things that need to get involved with it. Uh so today we'll start we'll discuss about the phases and stage in medication development. Uh, so you wanna start with some general fact?
0: Yeah. So on average, it takes about 10 years for a new medication to complete the journey from the initial discovery to the actual marketplace where it gets sold with clinical trials on its own, taking about six to seven years on average. So the medications that you take or that you know someone might take, they've got a lot of research behind them to back it up. So the average cost to research and develop each successful drug is roughly about $2.6 billion. So there's a lot of pre-work before you actually get something out of it. And so this number incorporates the cost of failures as well, because obviously not everything works the first time, just like Thomas Edison making the light bulb. Um, Thousands, sometimes millions of compounds have to be screened and then assessed early in the process, only which of a few could actually only be approved. So the overall probability of clinical success. So that's like the likelihood of the drug entering clinical testing, and eventually approved is actually estimated to be less than 12%. So I mean, twelve less than 12% of any odds isn't very high. So the ones that are on the market, they've basically beaten that odds.
1: That's not a lot, so, isn't
0: it? Yeah. So it's not very high, but.
1: That's what it is, I guess. Yeah. And uh not sure if you know it's like the biggest pharmaceutical companies in the world spend most of their money on marketing, not on drug research and development. So the bulk of the okay. money they spend goes into like promotion to drug rep Promotions. that give it out yeah. to uh, doctors, pharmacy and things like that. Because that's how you make money. And you yeah. know you you really spend a lot of money on making the drugs you want people to actually use it so yeah, you have yeah. to spend more on that um, which is you know different the from wages. what we thought yeah. yeah so the the journey of any developments will start in a university lab or like any researcher institute where researchers with uh, you know their money From research body or pharmaceutical industry have undertake basic research to understand the process behind DZ, often a cellular or molecular level. It is through better understanding of the DZ process and pathway that target for new treatments are identified. This might be a gene or protein instrumental to the DZ process that new treatment could interfere with, for example, by blocking an essential receptor. once you have identified a potential target, the researcher will then search for a molecules or compound that can act on this target. So historically, researchers have looked to like natural compounds from plants, fungi, marine animals to provide the basis for these candidate drugs. But increasingly, scientists are using uh, the, the, like the latest technology from study from genetics and protein to create new molecules using computers, um, which good for like upscaling it in the mass production as well. So as many as like ten of thousand compounds may be considered and widowed out to just ten to twenty that could technically interfere with the DZ processes.
0: So, it's already beginning to be quite a um, hefty process. Yeah. Just the beginning. So, we've got the early safety tests. So, we perform the initial tests on the the ones that Nan was talking about, so like the promising compounds, um, and they establish the safety of a drug before using it in humans. So, it begins early in the development process as the lead compounds, which we will go through later. Go through a series of tests and provide preliminary assessments of safety. So the scientists in the background assess how the body processes the investigate in the compound, and which is referred to as pharmacokinetics. So do you remember doing the kinetics, codynamics at uni?
1: Oh yeah, never
0: forget. Yeah, yeah easy yeah. unit, easy. It was a just, was just a fun lot of unit. calculation. Yeah. Yeah. So they also evaluate the impact of the compound that it has on the functions of the body, which is called the pharmacodynamics. So successful drugs must be absorbed into the bloodstream, distributed to the proper sites of the action in the body, metabolized efficiently and effectively, and successfully excreted from the body and demonstrated to not be toxic in these tests. Because if they're toxic, there's no point using them. Yep, so normally right. performed in living cells, so in these cases, it can be animals or bio com- computer models. And these studies help researchers prioritize the lead compounds early in the discovery process.
1: Yep. And then once that step is being done and they identify the lead compounds, uh, that will be the next phase, where it's called lead compounds optimization. So they basically alter the structure of the lead candidate to improve their properties. So uh, lead compounds that survive the initial stage will be optimized or altered to make them more effective and safer to be trial later on. So by changing the structure of the compound, the researcher can give it different properties. For for example. They can make it less likely to interact with other chemical pathways in the body. Uh, so like a lot of let's let's take it for example, codeine is metabolized heavily inside the body. And like for example, there's a Asian, they can't really take codeine very well because it doesn't convert it very good. So that's why you don't they don't get much uh, effect from it. But other group of people might be benefit from taking codeine. So, you know, the researcher can alter the structure so that it not metabolized heavily in the liver or by that specific gene that only a certain group of people have it. Uh, hundreds of different variation or analogs of the initial leads are produced and tested. And the resulting compound is the candidate drug which will undergoes years of further testing and analysis before potential being reviewed and assessed for approval by the governing body like the TGA in Australia or FDA in America.
0: Hmm. That's right. So then we get to the pre-clinical testing. So that's where the lab and animal testing determines if the drug is safe for human testing. So with one or more of the lead compounds that they would have identified, the scientists would then turn their attention to extensive testing to make sure that it's ready to be studied in humans. So scientists usually carry out both in vitro and in vivo tests. So in vitro tests are experiments conducted in the lab. So fun fact, in Latin vitro means is glass. And in vivo studies are those in living cells. So your tissue cultures and animal models. in Latin vivo is life. So through these techniques the scientists then work on how the drug works and what the potential side effects could be for humans. So then they, the governing body requires a thorough preclinical test before the candidate drug is allowed to be studied in humans. So during that stage the scientists can also um, help to determine to make large enough quantities of the drug to use it in clinical trials. So the techniques for making a drug on a small scale to use in the pre-clinical stage may not really translate easily to a large production so they've got to find a way to be able to do that. So the production of the medicine will need to be scaled up even more if it's to be approved for use in the general patient population. So after starting with thousands of candidate compounds, the preclinical Preclinical testing is used to identify one or more lead compounds that will go on to be studied in the clinical trials, and then the company will put in a clinical trial application or CTA, which will be reviewed by medical and scientific experts who will then decide whether or not there's enough research that's been done preliminary, um, and if they can continue conducting to allow the testing in humans to go ahead.
1: Yeah, that's, that's interesting. So uh, clinical development pathway are becoming a bit like less rigid nowadays with respect to phases. So uh, once the compound has been approved by the governing body, so they will go into like clinical trial. So uh, they are four main stages, like phase one, phase one, uh, phase zero phase one phase two three and four uh wait is that five yeah that's actually five yeah, phases um, i think phase zero
0: is more a um like it's made up for particular situations oh, so yeah. like to eliminate ineffective products that's yeah,
1: right yeah so uh nowadays they sometimes they not just do phase by phase like what I mentioned. They can have like phase 1B2 or phase 2B3 for example so sort of mixed together. Uh, but like we'll run through definition of each phase when we run through it later. Yeah. Uh, but some fun fact, the first clinical trial is was done back in 1747 by Dr. James Lind tested like scurvy treatment on crew members of the British Navy sh- ship and discovered that lemons and orange were the most effective in treating this condition. So Lynn, Dr. James Lane, is considered the first physician to have conducted a controlled clinical trial of the modern era. And May 20 is known as the International Clinical Trial Days because uh, Dr. James Lane celebrated control trial began on that day back in 1747. Uh, so that's just calendar. a fun fact. Yeah, our market, which is pretty soon, next month. Yeah. Hopefully that'll be the, you know, uh, mm-hmm. next phase in clinical trial for the COVID 19. Okay. Yeah. All right. So phase zero, what is that? So that is human pharmacology or microdosing. So normally you just need about ten to fifteen participants. They normally are healthy people. Uh, so it's involved dosing a limited numbers of human with a limited range of doses for a limited period of time. So the main aim of that is just to assess the pharmacokinetic, uh basically how the drugs like you know behave inside your body. So uh the scientists will gather prelim data on pharmacokinetics and the bio bioavailability, which is how much uh medication survives. Or you know, left behind in the system after all this metabolism inside it, to determine if the drugs behave as expected from preclinical study. So uh, yeah, so that's just phase zero, very small study. So then
0: we got phase one, which is the human uh, continued human pharmacology. So like the previous phase zero had ten to fifteen people participating, phase one has ten to one hundred. So it might involve the first administration to humans and usually to a small number of healthy volunteers or to patients. So the objectives for phase one is safety and tolerance. So they need to define or actually describe the pharmacokinetics and pharmacodynamics. They need to determine the dosing, explore the drug metabolism and drug interactions, uh, identify preferred routes of administration, and then like nan was talking about before they can be split uh phases within each phase so phase 1a is single ascending dose um or would it be a phase 1b which is multiple ascending dose so how much do you actually need to give and yep. then you've got phase two yeah so
1: phase two that's called the name is therapeutic explore, uh, exploratory so normally you have about 100 to 300 can go up to 500 patients who volunteer for this uh, phase. Uh, many phase two trial study patients receiving the drugs compare with the patient receiving a different treatment. Uh, Sometimes it could just be placebo, which is like fake drug, like there's nothing in it, mm-hmm. just a sugar pill or something. Or a different drug that is usually considered the standard of uh, care for that disease at that point in time. So the researchers also analyzed the optimal dose strength and schedule f- for using the drugs and examined the possible short-term side effect, uh, adverse events and risks associated with the drugs. So if the drugs continue to show promises, they pre- prepare for the much larger phase three trials. Uh, so within the phase two, there are two main stages. So got phase 2A, which is demonstrate clinical efficacy or biological activity through pilot study, explore the therapeutic dose range, phase 2B determine optimum therapeutic dose regimen and resolve uncertainty regarding the design and conduct of subsequent trials. So like recently there was this uh, dementia drug uh, which Mm -hmm. went through phase 2 clinical trial so at the start, they actually gave the volunteer ten milligram, and no, like the result is very bad. Like there's no improvement in terms of dementias or out, like memory and things like that. Uh, so they almost give up on that, and they up the dose to twenty milligram, and the result is like through the roof. Like people like people have much better control of their uh, dementias. So which is there you go. So that's you can see phase two is quite important in terms of determining the dose. And phase three.
0: Yep. So phase three is both the costliest and the longest of the phases in the trial. So it's called the therapeutic confirmatory. Confirmatory. So this can include hundreds of people. So three can go from three hundred to three thousand, and so it. Usually does involve a large group of patients. Um, so not just 3,000, can go several thousand. So the objectives are safety, efficacy and effectiveness. So part A is to determine the therapeutic effect in the patient populations for which the drug is eventually intended. Uh, it's to provide a defini- definitive assessment of the risk benefit balance. So to support the drug registration or to change in clinical practice. And then part B of phase three is to increase patient exposure and support marketing claims or publication. Like Nan was saying at the start of the podcast, a lot of it does go into promotions basically.
1: Yeah. And phase three, as Ishan said, is very expensive because it's very long and you require a lot of participants. So a lot of like small pharmaceutical company, they have to, they have to do a lot to just raise funds or they need to get, like uh, government funding, or sometimes they have to sort of share, like give some of the ownership of the patent of the drug to a bigger pharma company, uh, mm-hmm. just to get the funding to run the phase three trials because it's really, really expensive. And then during this time also, that's when they try to, like you know, gather all the paperwork and get ready for f- submit it, submit it to the FDA or the TGA. To get approval for the market afterward and then phase four so basically that's the therapeutic use so this is after the drugs has been released to the market uh, so the size of the study is in a thousand could be millions depends on what it is so basically the aim of this phase is to monitor the safety in the real world populations uh, to refine knowledge of the risk benefit balance, detect rare or long term adverse effect or drug interactions uh, pharmacoeconomic to gather data in support of the use, compare effectiveness and community based research uh, and trial combination with existing products so they can you know probably make more money afterward um, so that 's the four that 's the five main phases of a drug's production, but with vaccine, they are a little bit different.
0: We'll just go into a little bit of detail with vaccines. So there are generally much larger numbers involved in vaccine studies, and so the drugs are usually used to treat the illness rather than to prevent it, although in a lot of cases we do take vaccinations to prevent which aren't always 100%, but they do minimize the chances of receiving those illnesses. So to see a treatment effect, you don't need to study Sony hu unless you're looking for a small difference between two similar treatments. So when you test a vaccine in a healthy population, you need a large group of patients, especially if the infection you are trying to prevent is rare and to rule out rare side effects. So COVID-19 is a pretty good example of that because a large population of the world is infected by it. And at the moment, they haven't really found anything close that I know of. Have you heard of any news so far?
1: About the COVID-19? Um, yeah,
0: as to it they I've seen memes and stuff, but I don't trust those because it's obviously not a... <laughs> uh, news, I mean,
1: like, I, I, I saw this article today about like, it's sort of like a race for all the company to go into mm-hmm. either develop vaccine or treatment for the uh, COVID-19. So, for example, you mm. know, the Plaquenil or the malaria oh, medication yeah. that everyone's been talking about, the Sanofi, is made by this company called Sanofi. Yep. So, they mm. are doing, uh, like, clinical trials in like, into the treatment of coronavirus because at the moment, uh, they just prescribe it as an off-label use. So, it's not really, like, officially, yeah. officially, for COVID-19. Yeah. But in terms of vaccine, there's a lot of company that's uh, in a race for it. So you got the uh, Johnson, they are doing quite well. Uh, Pfizer, they both are in preclinical trial. Um, yeah. Another one is uh, GSK or also, also in preclinical trial. Inovio, also in preclinical trials. But I think that Inovio is this currently leading but you know uh, oh. you never know it, it might fail it yeah. might not uh, but yeah, yeah that's, that's a big race at the moment and then some other companies just trialing like their antiviral drugs those that being used for HIV patients in terms of uh, treating
0: uh,
1: COVID-19 yeah
0: exactly. and to go into a bit more of to as to how to start off with the vaccine so when you first develop it Um, there has to be research done to understand the nature of the infection you're trying to prevent, and you need to know enough about the virus that causes the infection. You have to understand the structure of it, um, because in order to create a vaccine, you need to know enough about the infection to be able to mimic it, because that's basically what a vaccine is, isn't it? Because you're introducing like an inactive or sometimes active version of it but enough for your body to defeat it and create its own defense. So when it comes around, your body's ready to basically kick butt. Yep. So then you don't get sick.
1: Yep, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. One question for you Do you know which one is the most uh, best selling prescription medication in the world?
0: Oh, out of any drug? Yeah, out of any drugs. Well, best-selling drug I'm going to take a stab in the dark and just say is it Viagra? nah
1: unfortunately nah. not nah
0: <laughs> okay. because
1: on, uh, you know Viagra is only men use it and yeah. men's only like 50% um, it's actually Lipitol which is the medication oh, for yes. uh, cholesterol Is the best-selling drug it's made by pharmaceutical company called Pfizer very big company yeah. It was introduced oh. back in 1997 and their patent yeah. expired in 2011. So I think they made about almost $130 billion uh, from that medication itself.
0: I think uh, this is coming back. We did a top 10 on this, didn't we?
1: Yeah, but that's just Australia and that's only for the, the year oh. of 2019. This is all time. All time? Short, oh, okay, okay. Big shot. Big shot. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah that's how uh, developments of medication being done in a capsule a lot of step take lots of effort and money especially money uh, in order just to come up with something that can help with people so yeah can see why the pharmaceutical company like charged a lot for the medication when it first released so they can recoup Mm -hmm. the money Uh, but then slowly we will come down when the pattern gone off and people can start making generic version of it Uh, do you have anything else to add on no that's about it that's about it okay so uh, enjoy your Easter weekend Uh, happy birthday stay safe Yes, stay safe cheers cheers and uh, we'll see you guys next week see you then bye bye
0: All of the information provided on this podcast is for educational purposes only. If you have any questions, please see your healthcare professional.